Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsom, and TJ Peterson. For the Nathan McKinnon extension. Is he going to get much oh. more than Barkov? Probably, because Barkov, I think Barkov gave a, gave a hometown discount, getting back to that. I think Barkov could have gotten a lot more. I, 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 I do wonder, because... The, the universe revolves around the Toronto Maple Leafs, as we understand <laughs> via reporting from uh, TSN. But I do feel like those contracts given out to the star players on the Leafs, Matthews, Marner, obviously, they're going to age poorly because star players on other teams, they're not going to demand that kind of salary. I do feel like that's going to be something that they kind of anticipated that will not actually happen. TJ, is Jack Campbell going to be a good enough goaltender to carry the Leafs this year? Not a chance. Yes. They have Peter Morazic too. Well, no, I know Morazic's there, but they're looking and at, like, they're looking I at have... Campbell. That's what I'm curious. Is he going to be the guy or is Morazic going to have to take the load? Well, look, Jack Campbell <laughs> is American. So God bless the U.S. I am sort of obligated to say that like he's good, and in general, I am a Jack Campbell fan. I have never really been disappointed by Jack Campbell. I feel like the loss that they experienced in the playoffs was more due to the Gators. You know, they scored one goal in Game Seven. That's on the skaters. That's well, not on Jack Campbell. Out in game seven. No, Nylander scored. Nylander had a great playoffs. Don't let the don't let don't let too many Leafs fans. He was excellent last year. Apparently, in the playoffs. every Leafs fan's uncle wants Nylander traded. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to like have an opinion that sets off the most reactionary of Leafs fans, but the most reasonable of Leafs fans understands where I'm coming from. Couldn't you just say the Panthers don't have depth? Isn't that the, the trigger for Leafs fans right now? The depth issue? Yeah, editor and Leaf. <laughs> All right, while we're talking about Twitter Alex, accounts that people down. can't Boy, help but respond to. Who the hell has 50 tabs? I'm looking it up now. <laughs> who just shared their screen with while we're talking about Twitter accounts oh, that no, people bolt. cannot help respond to. Oh my God. I want to say something. It's a this problem, is be David. The last time I ever address this, this will be the last time I ever address this. So there's this Twitter oh account God. that's called <laughs> that I like, I'm aware that they tweet some things that people think are stupid, but I have had them blocked for like basically a year, maybe even more than that. I'm not aware oh, of what they jokes? say because their entire purpose is to 
say something that everybody thinks, oh, this guy is stupid. So I'm going to retweet yeah. this and therefore get them more clicks, more engagement because I quote tweeted them, even though I'm just calling, out the, calling them out for being stupid. But that's a win for them because it's you still about, right now it's all about other the, people the, to the, the tweet. You still expose other people to the dumbass shit that they said. That's the entire purpose yeah. of this George, Twitter account. If you want to fight this Twitter account, we George, we need to jump, you need to pull up Bolt, you need to pull up Jol- Bolts Jolts. Their tweets just from the Panthers don't, lighting don't, play. Don't, you do not need don't, to pull it up. Don't. You do not need to pull it up. You need to go pull it up only to block it immediately and never look at what they say. Yeah, this is a dumb site. At all. Uh, dumb. No, you, you got you got to pull up the tweets from the Panthers lightning playoff series just the amount of clown shit this guy you was do not posting. have to do that but like he was posting stuff like because of because other people have talked about it to the extent that they have i am aware but i do not think that other people need to be made aware just so that? we all know yeah, i never did yeah i see dumb tweets not you know all day long there it is <laughs> Uncle George Richards, Florida <laughs> Hockey Now, has said Bolts Jolts is a dumb Twitter account. But, like, deal, deal. Look, I, I, I want some consensus on this. Do you all agree we should just block them and move on? Quote tweeting them to say, oh, this is such a dumb tweet. It's yeah. just feeding into what they want. <laughs> I, I can't follow everything. Especially from yeah, that parallel it. circle. <laughs> that guy wanted to fire the fire from the George for following me on Twitter. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Speaking of dumb tweets, that is, it that took is me false. So, I'm it took me so long. It took me Greg so long to get a follow back from George. I've been following him since like high school, and he finally followed me back like two weeks ago. Alex, that's that. That's that's nice. the PTP bump. There it is. I congrat you, Alex. <laughs> What is PTP? TJ, that's the network that your blogs post under. The podcast is Panther Puri. Goldbergs. <laughs> Goldbergs. I'd like to point out that Gordon Bombay was obviously a bad coach by starting Goldberg in any of the games in D2. He knew he had a better goalie than Julie the Cat, and he still went with Goldberg. You love Julie the Cat. I mean, I could argue that they still won a gold medal, and he was loyal to his original goaltender, went to Julie the Cat when it was needed, and they won a gold medal. So I called Jordan, John, Jordan Bombay a good coach. <laughs> Jordan Bombay. David makes oh, I'm points. here for this discourse. And I want to extrapolate that upon the impact of Patrick Hornquist. <laughs> because we can point to Patrick Hornquist's on-ice impact and say, you know what? Cry. Why are we paying I this guy $5.1 But I feel like his, his impact off the ice, okay. and not even necessarily just off the ice, in the bench area, like influencing the attitude of other players, like this guy is a culture warrior. This guy has done more than so anybody else to, to make episode. people realize that. Is this actually going to get posted on? Oh hell yeah! You're goddamn right. It is. David, this is going to be one of our most downloaded episodes. 
I hope that Jake is right. And I will look back at the analytics because that is one of my favorite things. And people will be able to point to this and say, hey, TJ said that Patrick Hornquist was influential. But at some point, someone will look back at like, oh, this is what Patrick Hornquist did on the ice. And this is what the Panthers paid him to do that. And they'll say, well, they lost the trade because all credit due to him, I'm not rooting against him. Mike Matheson has actually managed to become an NHL player in Pittsburgh, which I'm not sure he was on track to be in Florida. That's a little strong. Mike Mike Matheson is never going to become what he needed to be here. But Mike Matheson was an NHL, he, you know, probably a bottom He's an NHL you know, bottom pairing defenseman. And we all call turnovers. But Mike Matheson, come on. He had an eight-year contract with too much money. I, mean, I certainly – he's an NHL player. Him. He's just not worth his contract. It's two different conversations. It's not his fault he signed that deal. He, he wanted to be a Panther, him. guys. What are you? And he, and he did. What about hey. eight years? That's what Barbara <laughs> Yeah, but this time it wasn't us, be, us being foolish. <laughs> but do you remember when the oh, Panthers yes. signed Mike Matheson? There were, there were people there – dude – Mike Matheson was better at that time than, than Aaron Eckblad was. That's why the Panthers signed him for the eight-year deal. They were locking him <laughs> in. Bombs. And they you know, the funny him. thing is that immediately <laughs> after he signed that contract, he had the best season of his NHL career. The Panthers had the 96-point season, and he was yeah. maybe the best defenseman on the team that year. He had and a great in, year into that. prior to yes. the contract actually kicking in. I don't think anybody had a problem with Matheson's deal until a year or two yep. later. Look, I, I, I mean, I wrote about it back in my previous stop. It was a high-risk contract. Life. Yeah, in a past <laughs> life. It was a high-risk contract that, you know, if it went well, like just like the Rostislav Oles deal, if it went well, it's a huge steal for the organization. Wow. If it didn't go well, it was a it was a problem you were going to have to deal with. Unfortunately, it didn't go well. It it proved tradable though, and that's the great thing about RFAs. Signing Ekblad to eight years was a risky deal. That turned out okay. I will but, admit but, to some tweets about it, like thinking like, like maybe it was a mistake mistake when he was not looking so good the couple of years after Campbell left. And we were thinking, well, maybe Brian Campbell propped this guy up. But it was more so, it, it looks like it was more so just a concussions made this guy look bad. Right. But when you're, when you're looking at something in the immediate, you're like, oh, my, yeah, maybe they messed up. And, and I, listen, again, you're signing a 20, 21, 22-year-old to an eight-year deal. You're always taking that risk. The risk is you're going to be saddled with some, but, but, but the reward yep. is you've just locked in a very promising player at a pretty good term for your team. If it works out, if it doesn't, well, guess what? You trade him for Patrick Hornquist. And, 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 and honestly, Mike Matheson has all the talent in the world. His head got in the way sometimes, obviously. Um, and Pittsburgh saw 
talent there. Pitt, I mean, that's why you that that's why Bill Zito was able to make that deal because Pittsburgh saw, hey, we're you know he's got five years left on the deal, six whatever it was. We're going to be able to get this guy for a player that we really don't want to pay anymore. So, you know, to each their own. I I like Mike Matheson. I I'm rooting for him. I think he's a, you know, he's got all again all the talent in the world. And you ask you ask Aaron Eckblad right now. Aaron Eckblad will tell you Mike Matheson is a better skater. You know, he's 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 a better passer than he is, and. You know, he just made some glaring, glaring. We need to throw glaring in there because some of them were just really bad. <laughs> glaring. That, that that that's one of those guys that you just have to be able to deploy him in specific situations. But you can't do that when you're paying in that kind of. But then that's the mm-hmm. problem. Yes. Great. Yes. I think I think you know the, the Mike Matheson's going to be a guy that's going to be 34, oh, sure. 35 years old and still. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So. He's going to keep his his yeah. skating. Like, yeah, it'll decline as he gets older, but like, he's going to be in the league, you know, well into his thirties because his skating is at an elite level right now. And then you know, once he gets that veteran savvy moniker, like he'll just keep bouncing around and he'll be like, oh, Matheson's on his you know tenth team in five years, but <laughs> you know, he, people are still going to want him. And you know what? Based on that, he's one of the best players yeah, in this true. draft year. We we, we went out. over the 2012 draft in yes. the last episode. My goodness, was, are there some like, not that's a good a draft. Not a strong draft. There, Let me put it that way. Gems in the 2012 draft, but man, the top end of that draft is not where the gems were. Some is no, they're a little bit strong. <laughs> hey, Neil Yakupov, guys. Some is a little bit strong, says TJ, as he finishes his bottle. I mean, there, there's very the few dri- gems. No, I mean, Better than Jonathan Huberto, Alex Galchenyuk? Alex Galchenyuk. Huberto was 2011. That's a little I bit. mentioned Galchenyuk in the same breath as Huberto. Montreal Canadiens fans who thought that they should have been a one-for-one trade that the fans would need to add to. Fourth overall pick, Griffin Reinhardt. That's the dumbest fan base in the league. Just calling them out. Like, every time I see a dumb dumb tweet. As we're kind of exploring past draft picks, I just want to throw something out there that I don't think is kind of discussed enough right now. As much as negativity is surrounding Dale Talon, I think you got to give him some credit. Because there are a lot of his draft picks and his fingerprints on this team right now that everybody's loving. Agree. I, I see everybody shaking their head, but a lot of his picks are on this team, including Spencer Knight. Agreed. Spencer Knight Dale is, is a pick that we did doubt that is looking like it's going to pay dividends. To be fair to Dale God, Talon, drunk TJ's. But I also feel like yeah. locker room presence of Patrick Hornquist being fair to Dale Talon. We need to do this more often. Dude, but, but TJ is not wrong. Traffic None. made zero sense. And now it's the savior of the team. And I and feel I, like Dale. I go Dale. Are the you, criticism so you're not still makes sense? You could say Cole Caulfield would be a better pick than him. Peyton Krebs would be a better pick than him. And there's other players that you could say they might have a better impact at the end of 
15 years from now, they had a better NHL career, whatever. But Spencer Knight, it's looking like it's going to make a lot of sense. So, George, what were you saying just now? Yeah, yeah, I, I need to know this story here. It's almost like Talon it, knew that Bob wasn't. Hold on. It certainly did not make a lot of sense when you were signing Sergey Bobrovsky to a seven-year, $70 million deal yeah. a week later. That was the question. You were like, oh, you're drafting this goal? But, and the thought was, yeah, that we're not going to see this kid for five years. And here we are two years later, and he's here. So, I mean, he, he Spencer Knight has been better than even they thought. And, and, and when, you know, Dale didn't really draft goalies. It was really weird. Yeah, I mean, you heard Spencer the rumors Knight. of it. Yeah. I don't think they no, 12, expected him 12. to fall all the way. What was, was it, 19? Wait, Knight, yeah. Knight, Knight was 13th overall. Oh, he was picked 12? 13th, excuse me. Knight was, yeah, like, it was, it was somewhere in the I don't mid- think he was expected to fall out of the top 10. Confirm, like, so but... wherever he was taken? Yeah, he was a pick, but yes, he was He was predicted to be a mid to, to late round slash second round pick yes that's where he was slated and i'm not gonna hide from the fact that i personally thought yes. it was a bad pick at the time i mean at the time cole caulfield made all the sense in the world but and he might still prove to be the more yeah but right now you need a goal because player. bob hasn't worked so it's it was the right pick it may not have been for the right reasons but it was the right pick sometimes you fall ass backwards into something we will see i mean you couldn't argue these picks to hell. You really can. There's never just an indisputably correct pick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was the right pick, damn it. My son's college education yes. is in this card right here. Knight's first ever card. <laughs> yeah, one of 500. Spencer Knight rookie card he got there. All I know is right now the Panthers goaltending is in pretty darn good shape. And I use that that word darn. That's, that's interesting because, I, because I, I see a lot of previews, especially ones that I'm actually gonna, sympathetic to. That raised concerns about the Panthers' goaltending, foremost as the issue for them to be an actual contender in the division. Here, hold, let me ask you this, TJ, and anybody else. Look, regular season, just looking at the regular season, the Panthers' goaltending situation is going to win yes. a lot of games. Yeah, they are. The Panthers are going to score a shitload of goals, which means Bob can Sam give up. Three goals a game and still win a lot of games. 35 goals, 2021-22. I think he was just orgasming Sam Reinhardt's name. Yeah, David, it means that TJ thinks Sam Reinhardt is going to score 35 goals this season. But what I'm talking about goaltending. What are we talking about Sam Reinhardt? You were just saying the Panthers were going to score a shit ton of goals. Yeah, they're going to score a lot of goals, which is why I'm not worried about their goaltending situation because they can have a total 50-50 split for all I care and keep them both super fresh for the playoffs, and they're still going to win a lot of games because they're going to average probably over four goals a game. And You're damn you know, right about that. I think, I think the Panthers have nine years' but, worth of goals in their future because got, Alexander but, Barkov just signed his extension. I'm just saying, guys, there ever been a year where you're like, the Florida Panthers are most – they are a playoff team. No doubt. No doubt. The first time ever. Uh, oh, well, 
the Panthers, let's you know, let's hope they compete for one of the top spots in the Atlantic. And if not, they're a wild card team. Is- this team, without a doubt, is a top three team in the yeah. Atlantic. Well, the, the questions are all about after the regular season. And those and are fans, fair. We're not worried about the regular season. We're not well, worried for, about making the playoffs. Right. But, but it's but, all about but, what happens after the playoffs. David, David, your point. When was the last time anybody talked Never. about the Panthers? Never. In that 1996. Rank in that yeah, yeah, 97. <laughs> we are, you are taking. And, uh, and like, granted, let me, let, let me point out that these conversations happened <laughs> after 2015 16. They happened after 2011 12. No, I don't think they did. I don't think in 2016 17 we said the Panthers are for sure a playoff team. I think you still said, well, you still got to compete with yada, 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 yada. No, I don't think you did. You you said that the Panthers should be a playoff team. I'm saying this year they are a playoff team without a doubt. Yeah, it's not a a question of are they going to make the playoffs? It's a question of what will they do once they make the playoffs. And like, it's a question that, like, before this season, the bar for this team has always been, can they win a playoff round? That's been the bar for the Panthers for two decades. And I think they just kind of superseded that on their own. Because it's not a, this season, it's not, can they win a playoff round? I don't think that no, is a still- success. I think them getting to like an Eastern Conference final or the Stanley Cup final, that's the bar that this team has set for themselves at this point. David, you yeah. still need to win one round. Oh, no, that's you the question, right? Then Is after- that the bar still? Yes, until they do it, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right now, yeah. Win- okay, no, that, that's the that's my big question going into the season is have they on their own passed that as the bar for success or is that still, even with this stacked team that they have, the bar for success? No, the bar for success, you're absolutely right, is to win up. Yeah, yeah, to get to the second round, th- whatever. But realistically, how about you just get past the first round and then let's talk? I mean, realistically, let's let how about they do it and then yeah. we'll see. It's much e- easier to carve out a scenario in which one of the Atlantic teams is the roadblock for the Panthers than one of the Metropolitan teams, to be honest. But it's the playoffs. Panthers were the Met if they were in the Metropolitan Division. I think it would be much easier for us to make the case that they're the class of the division. They're clearly the best team, but unfortunately they're not in that division. They're in the same division as Tampa Bay, Boston. You need Toronto. to avoid Tampa at all costs in the first they round. Wouldn't be, et cetera. Division either with Carolina. Would they? I think it's a closer team, matchup. They're going to face whoever they're going to face. It, it doesn't matter. It would, like they need to be able to beat whoever, whether it's Tampa, Carolina, whether it's a Metro team, whoever they end up facing. They need to get past it. They they need to look at themselves as the best team in the East. Yep. I agree. I'm just saying in the Metro, everybody's overlooking the Metro, but you still have the Islanders, Carolina. The Panthers would be top three in the Metro, but I'm not yeah. saying they're going to win the Metro. It just I'm not saying they would win the Atlantic, but they're going to be in the top yeah. three. Well, well, let's Atlantic. just do That's it this all. way. The entire Eastern Conference, where would you have the Panthers in, you know, one through whatever, where, where would you have them and who would you have above them? I think they're in the top. I, four. I think, I think you have Tampa I think- and maybe the Islanders as clearly better teams than the Panthers. And then you have. I'm not, I, agree. I wouldn't even say clearly. I think they're all in, they're all in yeah. a nice big stew. I think Carolina, Carolina, 
Tampa, Florida, and uh, the only team that was really better than Florida last year, you could argue, was Tampa. And Tampa, you could say, isn't as good as they were when they won the Stanley Cup last year. Whereas, yeah, but they're still really fucking good. No, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying you could argue that Tampa has taken a step back. And then yeah. Florida has taken a step forward. We have improved yes. at a fast well, my argument, my argument would be that Tampa was like 10 steps ahead of everybody because that roster was so stacked. And yes, they've taken a step back. They lost their entire third line. But that new third line they have is still better than most teams' third line. Like to me, Tampa is still the class of the NHL. They did take a step back and they're not overwhelmingly better. Yeah. But to me, they're still the best roster. Got a fantastic goalie, I think. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, no, Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's Tampa and Florida, I think, are the one, too. Although Toronto's right there. Let's not, you know, Boston's right there. Yes. I but, think Boston and, for a real wake up call, not a Tuka Rask Scott. And they really underappreciated him the last few years. You're right. And they are getting, they are, they've gotten old. I'm really not sleeping. This, might be, old this might be Bergeron's last, uh, last season. He might retire after this year. Jay, Jay points out something that is very impactful because Bergeron is one of the best players of the past two decades, but also Olmark is a very good goalie. And I feel like he's going to be able to repeat that in Boston, but regardless of whether or not Olmark is going to be effective enough for them, when Bergeron steps away, which he's hinted at, that's going to be a huge factor for them because even if he's like, experiencing age related regression if he flat out retires that's one less player that they can rely on and all of a sudden they're in the same category as these other teams in the league who are seeing one of these random players as a 2c and that's a problem i'm gonna disagree with you and david as the fellow goalie here uh, i want to see if you agree with me they went from Tuka Rask, who is arguably a top 10 goalie in the, in the NHL, who will go through stretches where he is the best goalie in the world, while Linus Olmark is a league average starting goalie who will give you stretches where he plays like a top 15 goalie in the world. And that's a huge drop off. I agree with you about Rask that he was probably under. I don't know why he got so much hate in Boston. I thought he was a lot better than he got given credit for. But I'm also not sleeping on Linus Olmark because he was a really good goaltender on a really bad team. Yeah. And he's also who I think is the best shootout goalie in the league right now. Interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize that, that Linus Olmark is a spectacular shootout goalie. And he's a really good goalie in general. And I'm, in, I'm curious to see how he and Swayman handle Boston, but I'm not sleeping on them this year. This is one of those podcasts that I, uh, that I feel like I can Hi, just like interrupt everything. <laughs> Just step in because I'm not I'm not sober enough to feel shame. What do we feel about the shootout? How do we feel about it? We feel it like general? Jacob has it. to go to bed about the shootout. Back to- I was going to say, one of us is tapping out of this podcast, and it's the person who hasn't been drinking, so good night, Jacob. Good night, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your marathon. I can't wait to listen to the parts that I wasn't here for. George, David, um, as a thank goalie, you guys so much for uh, for for hanging out with us tonight. Be well, brother. Enjoy your yeah, guys. This is this is a uh, an, a casual podcast. We know we've been intruding on your time for a while, but when you got to go, just tell us to go Who fuck ourselves Alexander and go. Alexander Barkov. <laughs> I don't even know that guy. But to, to TJ's to TJ's point, uh, as a goalie, I think the shootout is way better than ending a game in a tie. But give me ten minutes of three on three, and then a shootout. 
Yeah, that I am 100%. Give me 10 minutes of three on three, and then whatever happens, happens. So I think if you go 10 minutes of three on three, you're going to get so many few oh. shootouts. Yeah. We are on the same page there. 10 yeah. three and you're done. Yeah. You'll yeah. Do I don't know how again. many players would agree to 10 minutes of three on three because you're probably going to see the same seven guys for 10 minutes and it's a pretty heavy workload. So that would be for the Yeah, they love it though. They love it. They love it. They love it. They love it. I mean, hell, I played in a tournament once where um, overtime started. You start, everyone was five on five. Then overtime was five minutes of four on four, then five minutes of three on three, five minutes of two on two, then five minutes of one on one. And that was some crazy shit. Obviously, that'll never happen in the NHL. But the less guys that were on the ice, the more fun it was. And I think, you know, the NHL guys love three on three. So I don't think you're going to have any pushback on that. As an out of shape, nearly 40 year old goaltender, three on three is as far as I would want to go. We go, our movement doesn't change, David. We're both out of shape, but like five on five, three on three, like it's the same amount of work. Three on three, they're moving a lot quicker in your own zone. You have to do a lot more side to side. It, it's a lot more drastic. Liquid. Come on. Dude. I disagree because there's less cycling in the zone, and that's where all the work is yeah, when you're cycling. Crazy. Fuck yeah, I am. Let's <laughs> go. That was us. Play it. I'm on, I'm on, no, I'm on Twitter. It's a Google ad. <laughs> oh, but this might be my favorite podcast we've done yet, and it's all because of you and David George. This is my favorite. This is fun. We have yeah. to thank our guests, our illustrious guests. No, that, you're giving an opportunity to go away, even though they can go to bed at, as soon as they want. I'm good. My wife isn't home yet, so you guys, I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm watching this game too. It's a solid. David might be good to go for like another hour, based on yeah, that. David's wife's on ladies' night, so she, as soon as she comes back, then uh, David will leave us. But until then. David's our, our night, problem. Mom's night. It's the same thing. I'm just right? pet sitting, so I don't have nearly as much responsibility as you or David. Well, it oh, well, helps that there's no morning skate tomorrow. You get, I'm, just, you know, my kid's bed's literally right here while I can't tomorrow, so he's sleeping in this. That does make me want to bring up something that is kind of making me feel a little weird. I don't really know how to address this, but. Jeez, it is Friday night. Don't tell us what's making you feel weird. <laughs> what's making we have me the tag feel for the weird podcast is, is that. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Is Anthony Duclair going to actually be healthy scratched? No. Because right now he's skating on the it was fifth one line. Practice and I feel like that's kind of strange. When they're about to play their last game. Like, come on. Relax, guys. Did you did you get oh, – oh, oh, the last night's game was on streaming – Anthony Duclair looked so good last night. He had a couple, he had a couple shifts where he like double passed to himself, just weaved through, dude. Now, Anthony Duclair may not play tomorrow. Yeah, that that, that means you nothing. just got told by two beat no. writers for the Florida Panthers to shut the fuck up, TJ. And <laughs> no, you know I'm just what? saying. Last night was like that means everything. Wait, wait, wait! How devastated are we that the Panthers will not finish undefeated in this preseason? Zero percent because the preseason means nothing. PTPTheHockey.com for the proof. Yeah, the five and zero record was fun. I'm just saying, cool. Go find find me the record for the last last preseason 
Yeah. They don't exist. Nobody the preseason is so irrelevant. Carolina only scheduled four games, even though the league mandates six. When the CBA mandates, <laughs> do they have six games? Yeah. But what? you know what's fine? Because there's actually zero, literally yeah. none, correlation between goals in the preseason and goals in the regular season. Can we talk about this rivalry between the Hurricanes and the Habs right now? And but, but well, we can. But can I can I just say something real quick? You can say whatever you want, George. No, no, just talking about exhibition games and the NHL, just like the NFL, hates it when you call them exhibition games. But that's all they are. Um, I put zero zero weight into preseason games, right? Um, First of all, let me interrupt you real I quick. The evidence suggests Tuesday, that you should like, continue. Continue. I'm just saying, I, th- I was really impressed with Spencer Knight Tuesday night in Orlando. Yep. I, I, I don't care about preseason games. I never have. Um, but Spencer Knight just continues to impress with just 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 how calm, cool, and collected Isn't it crazy he is. how, like, as a That's 20-year-old now, like, George, I mean, you, you know, you and I have been seeing him at practice and in games. He looks so consistent. It blows my mind. Like, yeah. nothing gets this Super hit off his consi- path. Yeah. He's like a machine. I mean, he he looks like a 30-year-old goal. It's hard not to get excited, but the more I see him and the more I see the consistency, He's... it gets me excited. Yeah, no, they're right, right. So that's all I was saying. I of all the, the preseason stuff, I mean, I, I remember that Frank Fatrano had three goals and Owen Tippett has looked terrific. So I will give some weight to that. Owen Tippett has really looked good. He every shift Owen Tippett's doing something. But that game Tuesday night in Orlando, I was very impressed by Spencer Knight. And that's that's it. That's all. But yeah, they should play twenty seven preseason games. Yeah, that's what they should do. Can we talk for a second about how Cooper on his shit, once again, calling out the Panthers for the Bennett hit on uh, Vasilevsky, which I think we all agree was stupid. And it was stupid. And I think Cooper's right in that case. That game was boring for 24 and a half minutes. And then Bennett runs Vasilevsky and everything exploded on both sides. Isn't it interesting, though, how a game later – they take, you know, they kind of run at night a similar play, and it leads to nothing. Okay, well, that was definitely an answer for sure. No, but the Panthers didn't respond in the same way that Tampa did. They were just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but but the Panthers also had a bunch of kids in the game last night. Well, the guys that are making a di- like Lombard was out there, and he's well, right. He's one of the two guys what? that has really gotten under their but, skin. But hold on, hold on. Pat Maroon ran him. And then they had the Panthers had a power play, and then it was the end of the period. The third period starts. Lombard went right after, yeah, Maroon. After Maroon, that was the first opportunity to go after Maroon, and he did. So right, but that was the end of it. There was one response, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Meanwhile, on Tuesday night, it was just again and again and again. Every single whistle, there was a scrum start, and most of it was started by the Lightning. Yet after the game, Cooper was like, "Oh, how dare the Panthers!" When you, you know, when you run our goalie, there's going to be a response. Like, he's a clown. Tampa Bay guys didn't tweet it. Nobody would have even seen what Cooper said. So, I mean, come on. He, he is predictably an avatar for the Tampa Bay Lightning being perfect, good boys, you know, whatever. They Listen, didn't do Joe, anything wrong. 
Not to say what he did is particularly egregious in any way, just he's not in any position to say. The fact that this was a historically heavy preseason game in terms of penalty minutes was impacted by my team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know. Listen, I like Coop and, you know, but, but no, I mean, come on. I just want to fight with another lawyer. I also like, I also like college football. College football coaches do what Cooper does all the time. College, you know, Cooper yeah, knows right there. Coop, yeah. And, and guess who else? And guess who else says stuff like that? Pete DeBoer would, you know, shocking that yeah. Pete DeBoer and John Cooper kind of have the same MO. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cooper's always, you know, he's he's setting it up for the next game and the game after that, and he's working. And look, it's smart. It's just, you know, I, I just find it very, very funny how in his mind, like, his team never crosses the line. And it's like, come on, we all saw it. I, I can't remember. I think it was Burnside who finally put it out there that, like, Ryan McDonough got away with the most penalties ever in a playoff series in that series last year. And it's like, but if you listen to John Cooper, the lightning were angels, that whole series. I'm like, finally, somebody said it. Dwarfs just, or <laughs> officials are beating Dwarf into remembers. Flops it off, you know, I think. Dwarf remembers because I think he was a guest on the podcast, but Cooper's aware of his angle that he just has to be like, my team are perfect angels. Their team, they're the devil. Well, you're you, not you gonna- you're not going to criticize no, a coach for getting his no, team back. And that's, you know, that's Cooper's MO hundred percent. It's just making me think about what you can appreciate about Q. Cause he's always a guy that's going to get his teams back, but he's also got that old school mentality. So he's not afraid to kind of, you know, understand that, you know, elbows up putting on the foil element of it. Whereas Cooper, he'll get his teams back, but I don't know about the logic. I'll leave it there. Fair enough. Listen, listen, I just think Cooper, it, it, it just sounds like NBA coaches. Every playoff series you watch in the NBA, one coach is bitching, you know, bitching about the refs that they don't call enough. And then they get the calls in game two. And that's the other coach. And then they get the calls in game three. And that's, that's, you know, that's what Cooper's doing there. You Take just that for data. You just don't see that a lot in the NHL, but Cooper does it and he does it well. No, he absolutely does. Q. Yeah, that's what I, I think. That's it. I'd like. I'd like to see it from Q. No, I can't. Peter Borley was the last Panthers from. coach. He always gets his players back, but he's also he knows that he's got to deal with the referees as well, and he knows that they're doing their job, and that at the end of the day, it's not always going to be seem fair, but it's impartial. That's it's the way it is. Q's I think a little bit more realistic than some of these new school coaches that really try to push the blame. I don't, you don't see that from Q, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, Q's also like our, my players will figure it. My f- players will do it on the ice. You know, they, they, I, I, yeah. Or if you ask Q something, and David will, you know, David oh, knows God. what I'm talking about. He'll just kind of nod and grunt and look at you and go, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. But he's not going to go out yeah. and do a diet like Coop does. I've tried doing like a Q impression on my last couple podcasts. I don't think it's done well. So I'm just, you know, but yeah, Q is just. He understands the way it works. I mean, he was a player. He's been a coach for three decades now. He understands the way that it works when you're dealing with officiating. Some of the newer coaches, I think they try to play the emotional element a little bit more. And Q is just like, he knows how it works. He gets it. Yeah, but you know what? John Cooper is not a new coach. John Cooper works it pretty well. So, I mean, this is it. I don't know. It's apples and oranges when it comes to the way Coop does things and the way Q does things. I'm just, yeah. 
Well, one is three Stanley Cup rings and one is two, right? There it is. There it is. <laughs> Though, I mean, Coop may not be far away from his third. I mean, that team is still no, low. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a dig on Cooper. I'm saying they both have okay. been there and they both have been to the yeah. highest pinnacle multiple times. So they both know what they're talking about. Right. Absolutely. Okay. okay. I'm just making sure that's what you meant because it's like, yeah, Coop's been doing it yeah. a lot less. So, yeah. Here Coop I was trying Coop, to stir shit. Lead coach for sure. Yeah, I wasn't saying Coop was under Q just because he, you know, like I was won back to back cups. Q hasn't done that yet, and few coaches have. Right. I'm giving them both the I, credit they deserve. Look, I was taking shots at Cooper, but I when all the stuff started, like when they when they got swept by Columbus, so oh, is Coop the right guy? Should he be fired? I thought they were crazy. I think Coop is an outstanding coach. I just, you know, had to throw a little shade his way. Yeah, and listen, and what and what did what did John Cooper do after they got swept? He came in and said, guys, we did it your way. Now we're doing it my way. And uh, his way seems to work. Yeah, it, it remember, does. High-flying the, the Lightning were. They didn't play any defense. All they had was they left Vasilevsky out to dry, left and right. Yeah, and, but unfortunately, Vas is like the best goalie ever. All right, guys. Now we're going to tighten up. You know, we're, we're going to you know, we're going to be jerks and we're, you know, it worked, it's worked out pretty good for them. Anyway, I, I, I like Coop. I think he's a great coach. I think, you know, sometimes he can be a little condescending with that kind of stuff, but um, you know, there are a few coaches in this league as good as he is. I couldn't agree more. Players back. Yeah. And he's working the rest and it's smart. Like I said, I think, David said it. I said it. We wish kind of Q would do the same and work the officiating in, in the media a bit, but oh, you know. I, nah, don't put words in my no, mouth, my friend. Or that was me. It was just me then. Yeah. Just me. Joel Quinville does not have to work referees in the media. He does it on the ice. Yeah, and he has the cachet to do it on the ice. He does it on the yeah. Every every referee in the league loves Joel Quinville. He doesn't, yeah. He he doesn't have to do that stuff and i think that at least a, i think he does and i think that's a pretty good spot to wrap for the night let's do some final thoughts on a pretty great day to be a florida panthers fan um barkov signed for eight years 10 million all sorts of signing bonus and no movement clause eight years 10 million that's a pretty good deal that's a that's a great deal for the panthers and you know, all the credit to Vinny Viola, Doug Sifu, and the rest of the ownership group for ponying up the money, ponying up the signing bonus money. Like we've talked about it all night where it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a sign to the rest of the NHL that the Panthers aren't fucking around anymore in terms of compensating the players who are worth it. So I, yeah. I think that message had been sent before, but yes. Yeah, it was sent, but now it's really sent where you just paid a guy entirely inside him, like Toronto is the team that does that. And the lowly Florida Panthers did as my cat just goes right up to the microphone and meows. Then again, this cat is responsible for getting me club red tickets from Seafood so she can do whatever the hell she wants. Um, guys, final thoughts before we wrap it up on a very fun drunk podcast. Uh, all right. Final thoughts. Thank you for having me on. This has been fun. Uh, I still, I think the question of the year for me is going into the season is what is the bar for the Panthers? Is it just winning a playoff round, which is the bar for the franchise to this point, or is it reaching further into the playoffs, which I think is the bar for the team as it's composed at this point. 
And that's kind of my take. And I'll leave it at that. Alex, everybody, TJ, Jake, great to see you. George, you are the man. Well, thanks. No, and I agree with you. No, the, the Panthers should be aiming a lot higher than just winning one round. But when you haven't done one a round in 25 years, start with that and see what happens. I mean, because, you know, the NHL, um, if this was the NBA and I'm not, we just know how the NBA works. One always beat, you know, one always beats eight, two always beats seven, you know, that kind of, it kind of goes in what the seeding is. And that does not happen in the NHL. The playoffs are, are a zoo. You just don't know what's going to happen. So win the first round and then see what happens. But yeah, in this market in South Florida, nobody really understands that. It might take the Panthers going to the Stanley Cup to get this town, you know, on on its feet. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that it wouldn't be a successful season if they only made it to the second round. But yeah, I mean, this this team is built to win. That doesn't mean teams win, though. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams over the years that you're like, yeah, they just, you know, bad luck here. Then, you know, this, that's the other thing. The Toronto Maple Leafs haven't been out of the first round in how long? And some of those teams Toronto's had should have been at least Eastern Conference finalists. So it's just, you know, hockey's a different animal. Well, we're heading straight for a Panthers Leafs first round series where something's got to break. We had it with Panthers Islanders where the, you know, the Panthers broke and the Islanders right. went on and ended right. their streak. But we're heading straight for Panthers Leafs in the first round this year. And someone's going to finally break their streak. I don't travel to Toronto. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. It's, it's, it's expensive. I don't want to. And their chicken wings stink. <laughs> Talk some more shit about Toronto. Say their no. women are ugly, George. Well, I'm not going to say that because that ain't true. <laughs> but true. No, Canadian the, women are nice. First chicken wings in Canada. I'm not going to. Dude, they're, they're terrible. Yeah, no, they're small and scrawny and there's zero HGH or hormones in them at all. Yeah, they're te- yeah. Well, is that what it is? No, I'm assuming. Probably, but the, the sometimes good. Anyway, I don't want to go to Toronto. <laughs> where does George want to go for the for the first round? You know where I want to go for the first round. Las and Vegas. That's not all possible, Carolina? George. Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, this was a ton of fun, guys. Uh, geez, this was, I mean, we've been talking about doing this for months and it, at least to me, it, it exceeded all expectations. David and George, thank you guys so much for joining us. I mean, plug your shit so you can uh, get it in there, even though I think we, everyone knows where to find you, but plug it anyway. David, why don't you go first and then uh, get going to your wife who's finally home from her girl's <laughs> night. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, you can read all my written work at local10.com. Follow me on Twitter at David Dwork. And the podcast is Chirping the Cats. You can download it anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And that's it. Thank you for having me, man. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, I can't wait to do it again. George, where can everyone find you at Florida Hockey Now and the Florida Hockey Now Forum and the Florida Hockey Now Central Division? Uh, or Atlantic Division. You could find me on the corner of University and Oakland <laughs> Park on Sunday things for a dollar. Um the Herald's more than that, but I, I steal a bunch of them and I sell them for a dollar. So it's, it's a good deal if you're on Oakland Park. and you Where's that restaurant you're always hiding out at, Georgia? We got we to go meet up there for a hot dog one day. 
No, we might have lost George. So uh, I'll just wrap it here. Uh, you can find George on Twitter. I think it's at George Richards. Florida Hockey Now, floridahockeynow.com is $30 a year. You cannot beat that deal. Also follow David Dwork at WPLG. I got that right, right, David? Yes, sir. All right, WPLG. He does this out, you know, because he loves hockey and so does George. And this was a ton of fun, guys. Barkov is a Panther for the next nine years. My son has a, a fan favorite, to, you know, to idolize as he grows up and his first experiences with hockey. And I could not be happier. So, uh, Tommy, it's past your bedtime. You better be asleep by now. This was a lot of fun, guys. And uh, for TJ Peterson and Jacob Langston, I'm Alex Lopez. Rate us uh, five stars on Uber Eats, and we'll see you guys next time. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.